0: Carnell Williams at the tailback, they'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25, Cuts an inside. Perfect. 35, 40, there goes Cadillac. To the 50, to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 15, 10, go crazy. Cadillac goes crazy. Touchdown! Now they can play a little safer, but they're not going to. Nix is back, throws it downfield, Touch, touchdown, Williams! A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap in the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on everybody and welcome back to the Red Cup Auburn podcast. As always I'm joined here with my co-host Wheeler and today we're kind of going to be talking about the depth chart and Auburn's upcoming matchup against the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday. Uh, But so to get into that the depth chart dropped yesterday. So Wheeler what were your initial thoughts about the uh, the preliminary depth chart?
1: I think first thought that I was really encouraged by, by the depth chart was the fact that all of the players are going to be eligible as of right now, um, that for the second straight week, Auburn had no COVID positives on the football team. Um, I think that that's a testament to what Gus and the players have done with personal responsibility and just as a team having accountability. And I think that's a really good sign for the season that you're able to have leaders on the team that are able to keep control of the team and able to keep them, you know, out of trouble outside of situations where they would contract the virus. I know we had three weeks ago, um, a little bit of an issue on the team, a little bit of an outbreak. Um, but it seems like all those guys will be back for this week. Um, and they got that under control. So obviously not every week, that's going to happen, but I think to start the season off, um, it's really good to see some people, um, or see that everybody's going to be eligible to play. Um, I think you want to just go – let's go position by position, and I'll give my thoughts, and then you can give your thoughts. Sounds um, good. Quarterback, uh, the three deep is Bo Nix, Grant Loy, and Cord Sandberg. That might be a little bit surprising if you haven't been, you know, reading fall camp updates and everything, that Grant Loy uh, hopped over Cord Sandberg – I know a lot of – Cord was the backup last year. A lot of people kind of expected him to just remain in that role. Um, I'm honestly encouraged that somebody took his space because if Bo goes down with the corona or with an injury, um, Cord Sandberg's not an SEC quarterback. He's just not. Yeah. um, I think he's got a great football mind. Uh, He's older. He brings leadership to the team. I'm sure he brings a lot of things to the team. He does not bring SEC football talent. Uh, to the team. I think baseball killed his arm. He, I mean, he was out there against Sanford, and I think I would have taken the Sanford quarterback over him. I mean, he's, he just doesn't look that good at football, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't bring things to the team. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad to see that we have a little bit more solid of a backup. Obviously, it was not a competition. Um, Bo was not going to lose to Grant Loy. Uh, all of the quarterbacks had been going live in all the scrimmages except for Bo. I think that shows. I mean, Gus, it was never a question in their mind about who the starter was, but it is really good to have somebody that's going to be a little bit closer to an SEC caliber quarterback with the potential of Bo missing up to two games because of contact trace or a positive test or an injury that you would normally sustain in a football game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do agree with that. You know, in the offseason when Auburn picked up a couple grad transfer – you know, he picked up Kalen Newton and then picked up Grant Loy about a week later. And a lot of people were saying, you know, oh, well, why are we getting all these QBs? Is Bo looking terrible? Are we trying to find a replacement? No, that was never – that was never why we were trying to do it. But this year, more than anything, they needed a backup, and they knew, you know, going into last season, it was they thought it was either going to be Joey or Bo. Whoever didn't win it, they are like, we're going to have a solid backup. Then when Joey quit the team – it was Cord, and he was kind of going to be thrown into the fire if Bo ever got hurt. And so, because of that, you know, Malzahn kind of had to adjust how he was calling plays, and he couldn't run Bo as much as he as he wanted to. Because if Bo goes down against, you know, Georgia or Ole Miss or something, you got to start Cord Sandberg for the rest of the season. Cord Sandberg in the Iron Bowl probably would not have been super successful. So it's good that we have a backup. Uh, you know, Grant Lloyd, his biggest thing that he had to work on is his interceptions. He's a, I mean, great, great body, great runner, but he does have a bit of an interception problem. But so being in, you know, being in a quarterback room with a guy like Sandberg and a guy like Nix, you know, two good leaders in there, hopefully he can, you know, get some work done and get some quality reps in the in the blowout games. But, you know, we all kind of knew, you know, Bo Nick's was going to be the starting quarterback for this season. Uh, but to move down the depth chart a little bit we go to the running backs and the the listed running back this was how it, it went down it was sean shivers as the starter which we've kind of talked about that a little bit on here uh backup was dj williams tank bigsby and mark anthony richards and there's an or in between each one of their names which essentially means sean's the starter and all those other guys are all kind of tied for backup so either what are you thinking about the uh this running back room and how they're going to be able to split carries with all these talented guys I think that Sean Shivers
1: gets, you know, the team votes on the captains. Sean Shivers is one of the guys. He probably, he might have been the best one. He might have been closer to the best one. He's an older guy. I think Gus is throwing him a bone, you know, making him the starter without putting an or by his name. Because in years past, I mean, we've seen even Booby have an or by his name. I I really think that was more of a respect thing from Gus to say, Sean, you're the starter. Everybody else is an or. Um, and that means he's probably going to get the majority of the carries. But also, I mean, what was it? It was Cam Martin was the starting running back last year for the first, like, three games, and he got probably – he didn't even get, like, the second most carries. Yeah, um, 18, yeah. So, I mean, Gus's starting running back situation is really a formality – um, he's gonna ride the hot hand. If Sean Shivers goes out there and is trash, he's gonna pull him off the field. Same way as if DJ Williams goes out there and he's trash, he's gonna pull him off the field. There's plenty of good guys in the running back room. I think Sean will be the first one to trot out there um, against Kentucky, uh, but he's gonna ride the hot hand. I think that is almost, uh, you know, a situational thing too. He's not. You know, we're going to say, all right, Sean played on first down, second down, here's DJ Williams, third down, here's Tank. You know, I mean, it's going to be all mm-hmm. situational. Um, and I think more than any other position, that position will be in the most fluctuation as the season goes on. Um, but I mean, Sean has, everybody has said, has had a great camp. And in the times that he's been on the field, I think we mentioned it last week. I mean, he balls out when he's on the field. Your question's about his durability. Um but when you have so many other guys in the running back room, you're not as concerned about your starting running back being durable. You know, I mean, if he goes mm-hmm. down with an ankle sprain, he goes down, gets tired. I mean, you got three solid guys behind him uh, who are bigger too, which is good for end-of-the-game situations. You know, you kind of do your lightning at the beginning of the game with Sean Shivers. And then, I mean, Sean can be the Thunder a little bit. But, I mean, really, I mean, Tank Bixby uh, – Mark Anthony Richards, those kind of guys will really be, I think, into the game, especially if Auburn's up by a touchdown or two. Just the guys that you go and you just pound and you pound and you pound and you hope to grind the clock out.
0: Yeah. And something I think is interesting. if you So if you look at the size of the, the running backs, you've got Mark Anthony Richards, 6'1, 208. You got Tank Bixby, 6'2, 204. You got DJ Williams, 5'10, 208 all kind of in the same range. And then you look at Sean Shivers, who's 5'7", 179, and you're like, wow. You know, so it's like – I feel like it's like, you know, you got Shivers who is just kind of the small, stout guy who can – with the blistering speed that will also, you know, put a helmet into somebody. But it's interesting that looking at the running backs we have, they almost all look like carbon copies of each other when you're looking at them just from a, a size perspective. So, that's good. You know, we've got a lot of guys that will be able to to run the run the football pretty well. Uh, but another thing that I'm really excited about is when, you know, seeing that Sean Shivers got, you know, the votes for the team captain. I think that's great because if you look at the running back room, there's a lot of talent, but there's also tons of inexperience. So, I think it's great that we've got, you know, one of the best leaders on the team kind of in that position group to be a, a good mentor for those young guys. Uh, But yeah, so moving on, we've got a tight end. Wait, wait, wait.
1: Noticeably absent from the running back depth chart. Oh, yeah, I
0: forgot to mention this. Harold
1: Joyner. Gus got asked about this in his press conference and said that he had a special role for Harold Joyner. That's yet to be seen exactly what that is. He didn't elaborate. Um, but we, I think we mentioned that even a little bit on the show. The show has been fire recently, we've been really on top of things. Um, but Colin that Harold Joyner, you know, he doesn't really fit into that normal running back role. Um, so to see what Gus is, you know, is he playing him more at H-back and he doesn't want to show his hand there? Um, is he playing him at slot receiver or is he going to be the running back that comes in for passing situations? That's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds and to see if that unfolds this week. I honestly. Don't expect that to unfold this week. I think next week is going to be a Harold Joiner breakout game uh, when Auburn's playing Georgia because Georgia is going to have the best defense in the country, or if not the best, probably a top five defense. Yeah, And, I, I mean, Auburn's going to have to run some funky stuff to trip them up. He, they're not just going to be able to run the ball straight up the middle on them. Um, so I think that the Harold Joiner role will not be answered this Saturday, but I do think it'll get – brought to the light probably at the georgia game next week
0: yeah i mean i do agree with that you know there's always stuff that you work on all spring and all fall camp that you are saving and you know who you're saving it for you know so like every time you play georgia you're gonna you're gonna release a wrinkle when you play lsu there's gonna be a wrinkle when you play alabama there's gonna be a new wrinkle so i think it'll be interesting to see how they do that Uh, i do agree i'd be surprised if we saw harold joiner for uh prolonged period of time this Saturday against Kentucky. But I do think we'll see him a decent amount against Georgia, which is really what happened last year. I mean, you, we really hadn't seen Harold Joiner much. We saw him a little bit in the Ole Miss game. And then against Georgia, he really, like, he was on the field a lot. You know, even, though if, even if he didn't do a whole lot, he was on the field against Georgia more than he was against the other teams. And I think that was just because we were trying to, you know, show him a new face that they haven't really, you know, studied for a whole lot. So, yeah, I, I do think it'll be interesting to see the, the role that Harold will play, uh, whether it's at more from the running back spot or more from the wide receiver spot. Um, but, yeah, so the next position group we got is a position group that has been talked about more, almost more than – I mean, I don't think I've ever heard Auburn talking about tight ends as much as we have this year. I mean, with the Chad Morris coming in, everybody's saying he loves using tight ends. You know, we've gotten scrimmage reports, seeing how much the tight ends are used. You know, we're, we, we've been told that tight ends are going to have a prominent role in the offense. I'm excited to see that. But so what it looked like right now was you had John Samuel Schinkner is kind of is the, the starter right now. And behind him, there is the Luke Deal or J.J. Peags or Brandon Frazier. So you've got, you know, similar to the running back room, you've got a lot of guys that are the oars and you have the one set starter. What are you thinking about the, the tight ends right now?
1: Uh, I think John Sam- John Samuel has uh, shown flashes in his time at Auburn. I want to say he has a couple touchdown grabs. He does, um, yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, he's really proven himself as a blocker. Uh, and then Luke Deal, he's the one. He came in really highly touted last year. Um, and I think. He tears ACL. I know he had a pretty mm-hmm. significant injury at some point last year. Yeah, like um, torn ACL. Yeah, torn ACL. So it's a. I think those two are a good. I mean, highly touted Luke Deal. He's going to be a serious receiving threat. He's big, uh, good hands. He's going to be more. I think when they've been talking about Chad Morris's offense being mm-hmm. receiver heavy, he reminds me more of a CJ Uzama type player. <laughs> Um, whereas John Samuel is more of a, lutzy kind of figure to me, like good blocker who will slip out of the backfield every now and then and, uh, catch a pass. So that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I don't know a lot about these, uh, freshmen, uh, and honestly, I think in the first game, I'd be really surprised without a spring practice, having a freshman tight end go in the game when you have two guys that are already proven, I mean, cause at most you're going to have Two tight ends in the game, and that's I mean, that's a lot. I it's rare that you see two tight ends, you know, in a formation unless they were going power and they put one of them in the backfield and used them as a backfield blocker. Um, I could see that being a possibility. Uh I don't know. Did you watch the Monday night football game where the Raiders had oh, what's that tight end's name for the Raiders? He was carter Darren Waller. Yes. They had him come in motion, and then they had the other tight end playing fullback, and he just, like, mm-hmm. slipped out of the backfield and caught it. That's exactly what I envisioned with, like, the Luke deal um, and John Samuel Schenker or, yeah. Schenker. Schenker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ouch. That hurts. <laughs> um, that kind of play where it's, you know, look over here, look at the
0: big, like, receiver, and then slip out the shorter block and back. Yeah, I agree with that. I've heard a lot of stuff, honestly, about JJ Pigs and how athletic he is. I mean, he he's six two, three hundred pounds. So you hear that, and you're like, "Wow, like that's a big dude." But then you hear that he's, you know, that's quick on his feet way. and runs. Well, and he he played he played a good amount of running back in high school. So, like, I mean, the, guy is, the guy's quick, so it'll be interesting to see. He's just kind of a dynamic player where it's just like, well, where do you really put him? And then you look at Brandon Frazier, who's 6'7", 270, looks more like a left tackle than a tight end. So I think it'll be interesting to see those two guys are kind of really just dynamic players that don't really exactly fit the mold of their tradition, what a traditional tight end would look like. But I'm excited to see what they, what they kind of work out with those two guys especially. I can't imagine uh, being
1: in high school and having a 6'2", 300-pound running back <laughs> bared down on me. That would not be
0: fun at all. I think but I would yeah. just quit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, a little note about John Samuel Schenckner. Do you remember in uh, 2018, when uh, we were in Athens in the upper deck, it was freezing, and I just remember we throw the touchdown. just kind of look at each other and say, who just caught that? Because nobody really knew, like he he hadn't really been on the field too much, and then we throw a touchdown pass to him, and nobody really knew who he was. But you know, that seems he, to be how Gus's know, tight ends job, are. It's so. kind
1: of like that time that Tucker Brown got hurt, and it was before Gus gave Tucker Brown the ball a lot, mm-hmm. and he got hurt in some cupcake game. Yeah, and Gus goes on and on in his press conference <laughs> about what a big loss it was of Tucker Brown, and everybody is like, "Who is Tucker Brown?" <laughs> And then he comes back and Gus starts throwing him the ball. And they're like, why have we not been throwing the ball to Tucker Brown this whole time?
0: Yeah, the the tight ends under the Gus administration have disappeared sometimes. But hopefully those times are behind us and we'll start hearing about them. Uh, But, yeah, so next position group, we've got the wide receivers. Um, The starters right now. It's looking, you know, Seth Williams and Sh- Shedrick Jackson are both the, you know, solid guys. And then you've got Anthony Schwartz or Eli Stove, which is pretty much like, you know, one of them will start. But when we're in the four wide receivers, which we are quite often, it'll be both of them. Uh, and then so you, got, so you got those four guys that will kind of start, which we expected. Those were kind of the starters last year. Uh, behind Shedrick Jackson, you've got Xavion Capers or Kayla Newton. And then Seth Williams behind him, you've got Kobe Hudson or Elijah Canyon. So those are kind of how the how the wide receiver is looking right now and just kind of the two deep. So, either what are you thinking about the wide receiver room for this season? I think having Schwartz and Stove and the possibility of
1: having one on one side and one on the other in a four-wide receiver look is very – I mean, that's awesome. Because if you think about it, if you're in a four-wide receiver look – you have your two burners on either side, that basically forces the defense to play at least cover two. You know, you're not going to leave a guy in one-on-one coverage with one of those guys. Um, yeah. So that either makes you do cover two with a man, or it's going to make you just do a total zone coverage. And the problem with zone coverage is Shedrick Jackson and Seth Williams. I mean, those are two guys that are known for being good possession receivers. Um, I know that Seth Williams has lost a bunch of weight. We talked about that last time. Um, did become a little bit more of a speedster. But still, I think that the way he ran his routes, he and Shedrick um, both had that possession receiver, finding the soft spot in that zone. So I think that the Auburn receiving core is going to really be dangerous this year because we're going to be able to take the top off of a defense, which is going to force them to play a little bit more conservative on the in the secondary. Um, which will give those little dink and dunkle slant passes a good opportunity to play, um, or for the running backs, honestly, because they won't be able to load the box. Because you're not going to be able to put in a bunch of, you know, big run-stopping linebackers if you're running these four wide sets because uh, linebackers are not going to be able to cover these receivers. So that's going to be interesting. I think the tight ends, too, like we just mentioned, having tight ends that you can throw to really opens up the running game because it's the same way i mean we saw it with auburn last year um kj brook great linebacker he's an all sec linebacker we'll see we're going to get to him in a minute but honestly kj was not the best at coverage yeah you know um he's a great run stopper great leader Want him on the field every play but you didn't want him you know
0: split yeah, out you don't with- want him covering Najee harris when he runs out of the backfield yeah right
1: exactly and so The more people we have going out for passes, the more it limits teams that have really good run-stopping linebackers that are just going to run through the line, you know, and thump somebody because they can't keep those guys on the field. We saw it against Florida. KJ didn't play that much against Florida, and when he did, they just picked on him. You know, they Mm -hmm. were they always were thrown out of the backfield to him. And so I think Auburn will be able to do a little bit more of that this year where we're going to be able to pick on linebackers that are not able to stay in man coverage. And the ones that can stay in man coverage, hopefully we're going to be able to run the ball a little bit better on them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I'm I'm excited to see how just the offense as a whole looks. You know, I'm, I think that we kind of know, for the most part, we kind of know what our receivers can do. I'm hoping Shedrick Jackson can kind of get to the next level. But, I mean, you know, we know what Seth Williams can do. We know he's a problem. We know what Eli and Anthony can do. They're both problems. So, you know, I'm excited to see how how the wide receivers look Uh, for sure. But then, so looking at the offensive line, right now the offensive line, the starters will be Bradarius Hamm at right tackle, Brandon Council at right guard, Nick Brahms at center, Tayshawn Manning at left guard, and Alec Jackson or Austin Troxell at left tackle. Um, So, you know, obviously this is a position group we've been talking about all season long. You know, I've heard good things about, you know, a lot of these guys. So I'm you know, it's it's kind of at the point right now where I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of talking about him and I just kind of want to see him play, you know. But uh, a thing to note, if people didn't see this already, Gus Malzahn said that he thinks Bradarius Hamm is the strongest offensive lineman that has come through Auburn since his time here. So we don't really know if that's just Gus kind of saying, "Oh, well, yeah, he he's a monster," you know, trying to hype us up, or if he's actually saying that. Because we've had some strong offensive linemen come through come through Auburn in Gus Malzahn's time. So, either what do you think? I always think back to Braden
1: Smith, and for the people that haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and go and Google Braden Smith bench press because this guy in high school, I mean he's doing that bench press where it's so strong, like it would crack your ribs if you dropped it. So they like put the stacks of wood on your chest. Like this guy is literally a freak of nature. He looks like he's almost bench pressing a car. Um, So the fact that Gus is saying that he's stronger than uh, him, I mean, that's a really big compliment. Um, I also think, I mean, he's got to have something going for him. The guy got put on the all SEC third team offensive line, and you may be saying, oh, third team, but like, that's really good. That means he's in the top, you know, 15 offensive linemen in the when SEC. Three,
0: I mean, he's top three at his right tackle position, so, I mean.
1: Yeah, that's really impressive. That's a guy who hadn't even played a game. So, clearly, Gus is not the only person that's high on him. The other coaches who voted on this obviously saw a lot of stuff in him, um, and I'm excited to see that. I mean, I, I thought that it was going to be a point of weakness, and, you know, it might be, but I'm really – I'm feeling more confident – as we get closer to the game, and I know, Noble, we were talking in the pre-show meeting, we'll end you know, today with our score prediction of Kentucky and kind of where we're thinking about the season. I know you're not quite as high on the team right now as I am, but I'm really thinking that the offensive line is going to manhandle Kentucky. But, but, here's the biggest but. Kentucky has a really good line on both sides of the ball. And their defensive line is going against some really solid offensive linemen. I know we aren't on defense yet, but they have three guys in the All-SEC first and second team. Two guys on the All-SEC first team offensive line. Now, when I think of Kentucky, I don't think of a team that has three All-SEC linemen, but they do. Um, So that will be definitely something to watch. And they're not going to you know, back down from Auburn uh, just because it's Auburn.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, for once, you know, for a, for once in a long time, you know, you're looking at the the teams playing and you've got these guys on Auburn's defensive line and offensive line that are here, you know, to prove themselves, to prove that they can they can start at a high caliber. They can start at Auburn. They can they can perform at a high level. Where you look at these guys at Kentucky, and they're like, you know, we've been here, done that. You know, they have experienced guys, guys that are all SEC teams, going to be in the NFL. And it's almost like we switch, you know? Because, like, if you think, you know, usually when you think of Kentucky football, you don't really think of a bunch of all SEC selections. You don't think of a bunch of – You know NFL type players, but you know that's that's where they're at. And while I think that top to bottom Auburn has more talent, if you look at the lines, they've got some really really great players uh, on the offensive and defensive lines that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to handle them. They have one All SEC defensive lineman, but they do have the three O
1: linemen, so it'll definitely be. Their strength against, I guess it's our strength. I mean, I think the defensive line, as we're transitioning into that, I mean, I think that's almost as big of a question as our offensive line. I mean, yeah, we have a couple more guys who have played. We've got, you know, starting, we've got Big Cat Brian at one end. We've got Colby Wooten at defensive tackle, which I don't think anybody saw Colby Wooten coming in and being a starter, um, especially at defensive tackle um, yeah. because he's a little bit of a smaller guy. Because, um, you know, last year we had Marlon Davidson at defensive end, and, I mean, that guy was a monster. So, going for a smaller guy at defensive tackle, um, get, that seems to be kind of a trademark of Kevin Steele and Gus. Um, remember uh, – who's the guy? I just blinked on his name. He was the really big recruit. He plays for the Bucks now. He left the team. He's number one. Plays for the Bucs? He plays for the Bucs now. He was the number one recruit in the country. Byron Cowart. Byron Cowart. Byron face came, face. In um, came in as a defensive end. Came in as a defensive end, a little bit of a smaller guy, got moved to defensive tackle. Um, obviously, it didn't work out with Byron and Auburn. But, I mean, he ended up in the NFL and he plays tackle now as a smaller yeah. tackle. So, Kevin Steele's really good at identifying where these guys are going to be best. But I am intrigued to see how a true freshman that's – I think he's 268 um, – Matches up against an all-ICC line. Um, The other defensive tackle, we have Tyron Truesdale. Um, He's a proven bet. Uh, He's really played well in his time at Auburn. Um, And then we have uh, Jerron Handy is the other defensive end. Um, So, kind of a mix. Oh, you're shaking your head now. Who's the other one? I'm pretty
0: sure Derek Hall is starting at uh, defensive end, and Handy will be – He's still gonna be up. at D tackle. Okay. Well, either way, so we
1: kind of have a mix of proven guys with Big Cat and Tyron Truesdale and new guys. So it'll be interesting to see that on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, you we we know uh we know about we know about Big Cat. We know what he brings, we know what Truesdale brings. Uh, an interesting thing, though. Uh, so behind behind Big Cat, you've got Jaron Handy, which is you know the he's the backup defensive end. But you got Derek Hall and TD Moultrie one and two at the Buck position, which is mainly just kind of Buck is mainly more of a it's more of a pass rushing defensive end. So you've got those two guys, and I'm interested to see that because you know TD Moultrie came in highly touted linebacker recruit gets moved to an edge rusher. Uh, I, I've heard some good things about him. I think that this is kind of – they're hoping that this will be the year where he kind of steps into what he was supposed to be when he came on the campus. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about him. Uh, I think he's going to be really good. I'm also excited about Derek Hall. Got a good amount of playing time as a freshman. And really, you don't see that often. You don't see many true freshmen coming in on an Auburn D-line and getting, you know, good reps. I mean, the last time, the last time it happened was Marlon Davidson – who played a lot as a freshman. We all know how he turned out. So, you know, Derek Cole was primed for having a good good sophomore season. Uh, but another thing that I'm interested in, so if you look at kind of how our defensive tackles line up, so behind Wooten you've got Daquan Newkirk at 317. Uh, and behind Truesdale you've got Marquise Burks, who's 312 pounds, and Zykevius Walker, who's 266. So you've got, we've got two defensive tackles that will play. I mean, these, these guys are going to be playing in the game. And they're both under 270 pounds. Plus, Jay Hardy, he's, he's around – you know, he's for, a little further down, but he's right there too. He's at 252. So I think Kevin Steele is really trying to get these quicker, lighter guys that are there that can kind of get around and get into the backfield quicker. And I think part of that is because he's confident in the linebackers that we don't need just a bunch of big fat dudes that play defensive tackle that can clog up the running lanes and all that. You know, he's confident that if there is a lane, you know, if someone misses an assignment, there is a lane that our linebackers will come up and make the tackle. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of how the defensive line is looking. Uh, linebackers, not too much different. You know, K.J. Britt is going to be the starter. We all knew that. Uh, for the second one, they say Owen Papo or Jacoby McClain, if you – watched and paid attention to the linebacker in last year it really doesn't matter who gets the start quote-unquote because they're both going to play around the same amount um and then it's looking like Wesley Steiner is going to kind of step in as the fourth guy you know it would have been Chandler Wooten when he uh but he opted out of the season uh so it looks like Wesley Steiner true freshman six foot 227 pounds is going to be the guy that kind of steps into that fourth linebacker role so, Wheeler, what are you thinking about the, uh, the linebacker room? Uh, I'm excited to
1: see how Wesley plays. Um, not, quietly, not quite as highly touted as Owen was, um, but pretty close, going to be a really solid linebacker. He kind of reminds – I mean, he reminds me of Owen last year about, you know, if he's, he's very talented, even though he's learning the defense, you just got to throw him into the fire. Um, and defense is much easier to play than offense as a freshman – uh, just because you're, I mean, you're learning the calls, but the calls I don't think are quite as complicated as learning the entire offense. Um, so look for that, especially having some older guys with us, uh, Kobe McLean and KJ being there to help him out. I really think that Wesley will be able to play uh, just like Owen did. And I think his role is going to get expanded more as the season kind of goes on.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then we'll, you know, just real quick, and then we'll move to the DBs. This is something that I love when I'm looking at this. If you look at the top linebackers for this season, you've got K.J. Brett, senior. you got Wesley Steiner, freshman. Cameron Brown, redshirt freshman. Owen Papo, sophomore. Zacoby McClain, sophomore. Cam Riley, freshman. And Desmond Tistal, freshman. So, we're looking at this, and the linebackers are going to be one of the strongest groups that Auburn's defense has this year, and they're going to be younger. So, that means they're just going to get better and better. So, it's looking like the linebacker core will be really solid for years to come. So, I'm definitely really excited about that. Uh, moving on to DBs, Christian uh, Tut is going to start at star for the third straight year. We all kind of expected that. No uh, surprises Roger, here. Yeah, Roger McCreary will start at the cornerback one spot. We all kind of expected that. Uh, and then Jamie and Sherwood and Smoke Monday are going to start at their respective safety spots. All that was kind of expected, and the one thing that was kind of in question was who would start at the cornerback two spot. And, you know, myself included, a lot of people thought it was just going to – it was a competition between Nehemiah Pritchett and Marco Domeo, but Jalen Simpson has been announced as a starter, six-foot, 171-pound redshirt freshman. Uh, Wheeler, what are you thinking about the DBs? Yeah, um, I think a lot of people were surprised that Jalen is
1: going to get the start. Um, Coming from a smaller high school, I don't think a lot of people saw him play. He's from St. Simons Island. He played at a small private school there. Um, But he was a four-star recruit coming out. Uh, Obviously, he's an athletic uh, guy. That's why they've got him at field cornerback. So, typically, your boundary cornerback would be more of your lockdown guy uh, playing against Possession receivers and your field cornerback is kind of your speedster. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. I think the fact that he beat these guys out in an open competition shows, I mean, he's a baller. Because we weren't concerned that these guys were not good. We were just like, which one's the best? And it turns mm-hmm. out that the freshman is. And I think that's always a good thing. You think back yeah. Carlton Davis. He started as a freshman. He was awesome as a freshman. Um, DB is not a position that you really – I mean – Year doesn't matter with DBs. They had Stingley at LSU this year. He was their best DB. I know he didn't win the awards that uh, Grant Delpit won, but I think those were honestly just seniority awards for Delpit because if I could pick one to start my team, I would have picked Stingley over Delpit. And if he was going in the NFL draft, I guarantee you, he would have gone over Delpit. Um, Yeah. yeah. So I I could see him coming in and being similar to uh, Stingley, maybe not quite as good as Stingley maybe not quite as good, pretty good. But that guy was, that guy was really legit. So I think look for him to be really solid this year. I could see him getting some interceptions for sure.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm excited to see how our DBs are going to, going to look this season. You know, we, we're going to have a, I think we're gonna have a decent amount of depth, you know, we're going to, I mean, Pritchett and Domio will both be there right up there. And Matthew Hill right now is looking like McCreary's immediate backup. So, you know, Old wide receiver move to DB. Worked out really well with no igbenogony. We'll see how it works with uh, Matthew Hill. We talked about that a little bit last show. Um, and then the for the safeties, you've got Jordan Peters right under Sherwood and Chris Thompson Jr. right under Smoke Monday. Uh, those are kind of, you know, they're going to – Jordan Peters is more of a coverage guy. He'll probably be the free safety. Chris Thompson will be the strong safety. Hard hitter, really versatile guy. Excited to see them. And we're going to see, you know, that's the thing. Safety, you're going to see them a lot. You know, you know, Steele loves subbing out the safeties. We'll be seeing them a lot on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the DBs, for the most part, we've seen a lot of them. We're just kind of waiting for them to, you know, for game time, you know. Uh, yeah. but So, that's that finishes up the defense. Moving on to special teams real quick. We're almost out of time. We've got Anders Carlson starting at kicker. All knew that was going to have uh this one i'm gonna talk we're gonna talk about for a little bit we've got aiden marshall or oscar chapman petitions looking what either what are you thinking about that
1: so i'm a little bit biased here because uh I won a bet last time Aiden Marshall was at Auburn. So I made a bet with my friend that Aiden Marshall would be the starting punter over an Australian at that time as well. Um, And Aiden went out and he punted on the first play or the first possession of the season. He shanked it terribly and then he lost the job. He quickly, you know, quit the team, left school or allegedly, I don't know, there was that story floating around that he was going to be a welder I don't know. He just kind of disappeared. Didn't he go to Louisville for a little while?
0: I think a- the I think that was the that was what I heard, but I don't know if Aiden actually ever left Auburn University. So there I don't really a know lot the of story. First, that he
1: was going to Louisville, yeah. that he was going to be a welder. Um, anyway, he's back on the football team now. I'm gonna ride with my guy Aiden. He's been here all of fall camp. Oscar, you know, had to deal with visas. He had to deal with COVID getting in. Um, I could see Oscar being the starting punter later in the season. I think in game one, you go with the guy that you trust. I think Aiden Marshall will be the first one to trot out there. Don't be surprised though if they're switching punting roles during the game to see uh, who's a better gamer.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree with that. You know, especially a lot of that with punting. You know, it's it just kind of fluctuates. Expect both to see both of them. Uh, you know, it'll probably be, you know, give Aiden a a, draw, a punt or two and then go back to Oscar and just kind of see how they how they pan out in the game. But, you know, that'll just kind of be a thing that we just got to wait for the game to see. Um, and then Holder, it is a current – it's a fierce competition right now between Ben Patton and Grant Loy. So, you know, I've never really heard about too many position battles being about the Holder, but they still felt the need to slap that oar there on the depth chart. Uh, personally I'm I'm kind of leaning that I would rather have Loy if it's I mean if it's a competition you know I have nothing against Patton but I would rather have your backup quarterback be out there in case something goes wrong and you want to run a fake or you know if he fumbles a snap and he's got to run it in you know I like 6'5 230 a lot more than 5'10 190 trying to run it in on some SEC teams but that's just my opinion uh if Ben Patton never fumbles a hold then you know, by all means, I'm fine with him. Um, we either – do you want to add something or do you not have much to add about the, the holder contest? Yeah, I honestly couldn't care less about
1: who the holder is. Um, the long snapper, it looks like it's going to be Bill Taylor. Um, people might say that that's the same as the holder, about not caring. Bill Taylor is really good long snapper. He is, um, yeah. And if you watch college football games where long snappers were out because of COVID, you'll realize long snapping is not as easy as it looks. So – be glad, Auburn fans, that you have Bill Taylor. Um, that is definitely an underrated position, um, so we're glad to have him. His backup is a uh, – well, he has a difficult last name. His first name is Jacob. and after Jacob Quattlebaum. Yeah. Jacob Q. Uh, let's hope that Jacob doesn't have to play. Not anything personal, Jacob, but Bill's a dang good long snapper, so we'll take him.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree with that. You know, I was watching the uh, the Austin P versus Central Arkansas game a while back. And I think it was Austin P. They had about three straight punts where the long snapper snapped it, you know, ten yards over the punter's head, and then they just said, you know what, we're done with this. We're just gonna stop punting. And they just started going for it on fourth down every time or have their quarterback punt the ball. So that's obviously something you never want to see. You know, you always wanna be able to execute everything that you try and execute so yeah Bill Taylor very talented long snapper uh reminds me a little bit of Josh Harris I know a lot of people won't know who that is but Josh Harris you know walk on went to Auburn and is now in the NFL and has been a starting long long snapper for the Atlanta Falcons for a a decent amount of time I mean he's been there for a long time uh so you don't you know, you usually hear about the long snapper. You know, you don't really see him in the, the Auburn and the NFL posts. But, you know, it's a very important position. Glad that we have a good long snapper. Uh, punt returner, it's going to be Christian Tutt again. That was expected, you know, same as last year. Uh, his backup will be either Javarius Johnson or Mark Anthony Richards. Um, you know, both those guys returned punts in high school. Looked electric, but, you know, that was high school. Uh, but, yeah, so Christian Tutt will be the punt returner. He'll be returning every punt unless he gets hurt or we're destroying a team. Not much to talk about there. Uh, and then kick returners will be Sean Shivers and Eli Stove. So, either do DM- you have – No, I am good.
1: Um, I think Auburn will win on Saturday by two touchdowns. I think we'll win 42-28. to 28. I also think that Auburn is going to go to the SEC Championship. I think we'll lose one game this season. That's my hot take on Wednesday, September
0: 23rd. All right. Uh so my my score prediction, I don't have I don't have it as much as a of a high scoring affair. I've got Auburn winning. Right now, I've got Auburn winning 27 to 13. So, I think that'll be a a good a good showing by the defense. Uh, I think it'll be a defensive game. I think you know, Kentucky's a pretty talented team on defense. Uh, I think that the offense might struggle just a little bit in the, you know, trying to get back into it. But I do think we'll win the game. Uh, I, it, it's tough for me to make a season prediction without seeing us play. It really is. But uh, This is just your September 23rd. You can adjust next week's podcast. My, my September 23rd, I've got us going 8-2 and two in the regular season. Because looking at – I think we beat Georgia, and I think we beat LSU. But I feel like this might be the kind of season where we lose to someone we're not supposed to. You know, I feel like there's always that kind of – that game where we struggle a little bit against a lesser team. Uh, You know, thinking back 2014, we should have beaten Texas A&M. It all just kind of fell apart. And especially this this kind of a season when you didn't have spring, had a shorter fall camp. I just – you know, I feel like that could – a game could sneak up on us. I hope it doesn't happen. But uh, my my early season preliminary prediction is eight and two. Obviously, I hope we go to the SEC championship. I hope we win. I hope we go to the national championship and win. But right now, from what I've seen and heard, I've got eight and two so far. I can but, vibe uh, with that. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not like I'm saying, like, you, you know, you made it sound like I thought we were going to go, like, Four and six. I, I I still thought we were gonna do pretty good. Y'all jump but, on um, level
1: for being an Auburn hater.
0: Yeah, if we go undefeated, I encourage everyone that listens to this podcast to DM the page and tell me that I'm a terrible predictor because I will be perfectly fine with being totally wrong about that prediction. Will you buy me a steak? Sure, man. I'll buy you a steak. Why not? There we go. <laughs> yeah. So me, me, and we either got some, got some, got some money riding. on. No, got some meat in the game. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. But uh, yeah, so three days away. I'm excited. You know, college football is here. SEC football is here. You know, I'm excited. 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. I'm ready. All right, more you go,
1: everybody.